friends and foes, welcome to the first episode of 2023 to Brushwork Podcast. My name is Stephanie Scott, and today we're talking about how to price your artwork. At the end of last year, I made a reel about how I price my prints over on Instagram, and many people asked me to do a whole episode on how to price your artwork, not just prints, but your commissions, what's the differences between how you price your paintings versus things that people ask you to paint specifically versus prints and, you know, all things art and money. So in today's episode, I'm going to get granular. I'm going to tell you all the ways that I have priced my artwork in the past, why I don't use those methods anymore, what they're good for if you do want to try them, and give you a lot of suggestions on how to make some money with your art. I'm also going to tell you how I'm currently pricing my artwork and why I'm using this method. As a caveat, it is January of 2023. It's actually January 2nd of 2023. And if you are listening to this sometime in the future, the way I have priced my artwork might have changed when you're listening to this. So just keep that in mind. But this is accurate as of today. So here we go. Money and art is always a really interesting conversation. Knowing what something is worth artistically is complex and in, hard to grasp. <laughs> how, much, how much your time is worth is also something that's complicated and has many factors. There are complicated equations on how to figure out your pricing with your artwork and with your time and with materials and everything. So let's, uh, let's dive in on how to... <laughs> Get it right, right? At least right enough that it works for you and that you get paid because I want to see you making money with your artwork because that's what you do, right? Today, I'm going to tell you about all the ways I've priced my artwork in the past. I'm going to tell you about why they didn't work for me in the long run and what I do now. If you're looking to price your artwork based on one of these methods, please keep in mind that I make abstract oil paintings on wood panel and what works for me right now might not work for your artwork or your product. Okay, so... My very first method I used was pricing based off of competition. This is a really common one. I feel like when you are starting out, you're like, okay, well, what are other people selling their artwork for, <laughs> right? <laughs> who, who makes similar things as I let you do? Like, say you're painting a still life of sunflowers. That's my example today. And you go over to a little art show and there's someone selling a painting of sunflowers on a table, and you're like, okay, well, they sold theirs for $300, so that must mean I can sell mine for $300, and it'll be perfect. When you price based off of competition, you're assuming a lot of things if you aren't actually talking to that artist who's priced that work that way. You assume their experience, you assume their time, you assume their material cost, you assume all the little things that add up to create that price. And you're, you're guessing. When I was first selling my first art products on Etsy, which were custom sketchbooks and also hand-painted Converse, these were shoes I painted customly for whoever wanted them. I would paint flowers or I would paint um, like fun like tattoo-esque designs on them, whatever they wanted. I priced it based on my competition. At this point, I was making more of a craft than an artwork. And the, the details being where the items that I was making were usable, right? You can use a sketchbook. You can use painted shoes. 
It was easily comparable to others like it on the platform that I was selling it on, which is Etsy. If you typed in custom sketchbook on Etsy search engines and compared it to a sketchbook on the same platform that was, say, five by eight inches, had a hundred pages, and you compare that with other sellers, people are gonna click on the cheapest one. It's simply the nature of online shopping, right? If I sold my sketchbooks that I made that had like a star pattern on it, and I sold it for $34, and someone else saw something with a really similar pattern and a similar size, and it was $19, they're gonna buy the cheaper one. What I wanted was to do price based on the time I spent making it and my materials, but that would mean that my sketchbooks would cost me 50 plus dollars. Then I wouldn't have sold anything on that platform. So I ended up choosing $34 as my selling price for that sketchbook. On, on Etsy, my biggest problem was getting people to even look at my listing. So <laughs> I devised a plan and it's a pretty good one. I sold 99 cent paper samples that it would cost me about $3 to make and send. The paper sample included a piece of the cover paper, two pieces of the interior paper, sample cover papers for other books I made, and a discount code to my shop if they wanted to further purchase a book. Doing this made my listings of these sketchbooks the cheapest for any sketchbook category and got me thousands of people looking at those sketchbooks as like great advertising. So how it would show up on my pages was I would have a picture of the sketchbook in its full 100-page glory, and the listing would say 99 cents and up. On, when you clicked on the listing, you would see paper sample as a first drop-down item, and under that it would be like 4x6-inch sketchbook or 5x8-inch sketchbook, etc. And so it would be like 99 cents for the paper sample, and then it would be you know, the $25 for the smaller sketchbook and the $34 for the bigger sketchbook, etc. This kind of pricing, having that 99 cents one was advertising. It got me up in the search engines. It got me to be the most competitive of, of competitions. Other people weren't using this kind of paper sample at, to get their, their items up in the listings when they were trying to sell a sketchbook. And in doing so, I got so many people buying the paper samples. I think I sold a hundred paper samples, which was like a dollar each, right? And I was losing money on them, but I was also making money in other sales because they would come back. In the in the nature of Etsy, of some online selling platforms, when you have a a, a buy like that, when it has like multiple sizes, it still counts as a sale and it still counts as, oh, this is a hot item and people are really clicking on it. It's great. That said, that was a sketchbook. That was a craft. With fine art, it's really, really challenging to praise your art based on what other people are making. First, you have to categorize what specifically are you painting? Is it botanical art? Is it portrait drawing? Is it abstract? Is it sad? Is it cheerful? And then you have to find similar art, which is honestly a recipe for imposter syndrome, if I've ever heard of one. <laughs> and then you have to figure out if the price would work. I, when I started moving into fine art and selling that on Etsy, I had to abandon this pretty quickly. There are many people on that website, on that platform that sell the same painting over and over again. And they're able to sell paintings for super cheap because they were batch making them. And I was making one of a kind original artwork. I couldn't 
I couldn't sell the work at all. People wouldn't buy it because I had to, one, either raise my prices or lose money on that item, or two, they would buy it, but it wouldn't be like the same quality as what they wanted from another artist. It was really, really tough. One thing I did learn from this way of selling art though, of comparative selling, was the power of free shipping. <laughs> now, as makers, we all know that there's no such thing as free shipping in the world, but having a little sign that says free shipping next to your artwork is good for so many reasons when selling work online. First, there isn't a surprise cost at the end above the tax for the buyer. When they click add to cart, they aren't going to get sticker shock at a $50 to $400 upcharge for shipping their artwork to their home, you know? I always put the cost of shipping into my final retail price of the artwork. I've been selling art long enough to know that certain sizes of artwork will take under $30 to ship and others will take a much bigger chunk of change. One artist told me when I was kind of describing this cost to her was that she felt guilty for including the shipping cost into her prices when she was selling her artwork in person. I don't change the price of the art when I'm selling it in person versus online. The shipping cost is always in the cost of the artwork, whether the person who buys it picks it up in person or has me mail it to them. If they happen to get it in person, that portion of my sale that was dedicated to the shipping price picks up slack in other areas of my expenses. For example, gas bills to the show that I was selling my artwork in person, um, electricity, upgrades to my Twitch streams, to my podcasting, to my studio in general, and more. It always balances out, so I always include the shipping price in the cost of the artwork. The other reason not to change the price for in-person versus selling online is that your prices stay consistent. If you're selling the same painting at two different prices at two different locations, it gets weird. People will start to wonder if they got a bad deal because they bought the artwork off your online store, or if they got a great deal because they bought it in person and then they were only look for your in-person events to go to and will never shop online if they want something from you. It's best to be consistent with your prices across the board, no matter where you are. Okay, so after I abandoned price by comparison because it was exhausting and, <laughs> and not accurate to what my business needed, so my next system I used after ditching my comparative system happened because I was studying under a interior designer slash office manager. I learned it from her when she saw my comparison system and was like berating me for underpricing my artwork because I had compared my artwork to others who were also doing abstract in the area and I was choosing their cheapest prices to price my artwork with. She's like, Stephanie, you've you've under budgeted your work. You're you're underpricing your work. You're not making any money. This is not a business. This is a hobby that's not working. <laughs> she then gave me a really common formula for selling anything. And she told me, you should consider this for your artwork. The formula is your price equals your time plus your materials plus 20%. This is really common for selling things. And I used this for a couple of years. I took one of my paintings, which was a three by five foot oil on canvas painting. It had taken me 32 hours to paint. And this was a painting I'd done for one of the offices that I was um, working with her on. In order for me to really like get my head around this formula, I, I really broke it down. So I'm gonna use this 
three by five foot painting as my example here. The canvas itself cost me about $40. I had gotten it on sale. It was a good deal. The oil paint that I used cost me about $15 total. I wasn't going through tubes and tubes of paint. It was minimal. And the art studio that I was renting cost me about $140 worth of use for that month. I didn't put my full rental cost into this because it only took me like 10 days to paint in total. So that was that. Was that. The struggle with this system, with this formula, is that you have to estimate the cost of your other materials that you buy once. Estimating the cost of your brushes and easels and more permanent items in your studio into your materials is, is pretty tricky. If you choose this way of working, you need to think about some of the materials as consumables and some as one-off buys. At this point, I averaged that these things cost me about $25 per painting while making four to six paintings a month. You, if you're gonna use this, you're gonna look at the prices of your things. Maybe you've already bought things. I would start now and move forward with it. So like if you have all the things you've got now, you've got your desk and your easel and your setup set and whatever, as you continue to buy materials for your studio, that's when you're gonna start breaking down that new material cost within these uh, new paintings in this formula. So for this three by five foot canvas, cost me about $220 to make just a material and just in um, like my studio space. Now I had to figure out how much money did I wanna make per hour? I feel like this, this part here made me not use this formula for a very long time, but this is what I worked with. In Seattle, the minimum would, wage of $15 didn't quite exist at the time that I had made this specific painting. I had though, on my part-time job teaching horseback riding lessons, paid me $12 an hour. So I figured let's do $11 for this. That's $352 for 32 hours at $11 an hour. So that plus the materials was $572 for that painting. The last part of the equation is adding 20% of that cost. So in total, the painting would have cost $686.40. Now, when I look at that price right now, I actually think that's too low of a cost for a painting that big. But when I had gotten that advice of this equation of price equals time plus materials plus 20%, I was working many other part-time jobs. I wasn't doing art full-time. I was only a few years out of art school. The work I was making was more towards beginner than intermediate, and this number felt wildly overpriced for what I was making. Making a three by five foot canvas for just under $700 felt way, way too expensive. Now, add in the idea that I wanted to have in free shipping. Sending a three by five inch inch. <laughs> Sending a three by five foot painting anywhere in the US is between $150 to $400. Let's say it goes from Seattle to New York City. That would make the cost of this painting at least $1,086.40. Not to mention the cost of packaging also. That sounds like a lot of money, and I would have made about $350 profit from it. But I didn't price my work that way because I struggled to get any art sold for more than $250. I was a beginner. This is where I was. Getting any sort of painting sold for more than $250 was like a miracle. <laughs> I was really, really trying and I was a beginner. That's where I was at. So 
I ended up selling that painting, that three by five foot painting for $275. And that honestly was a win for where I was at my career. Art is really subjective. Your skills and artist is subjective. What people are willing to pay you changes versus what you can charge. It's, it shifts all the time. I never seriously used a system for charging artwork as it wasn't right for where I was with my skills. Plus to get the number down to what I was actually able to sell my artwork for, I would have had to reduce my hourly rate to about $2 an hour, which is extremely disheartening to think of as a young artist. You're like, oh, $2 an hour, that's cool. It feels like what you're doing is a waste of time, but really what you're preparing for is the long game. It takes a long time to get these numbers up. This leads into the next way of pricing your artwork, which I learned in art school from a painting professor, which now that I think back on it was a really strange way to teach a young artist how to price their artwork, but this is, this is what I learned from her. She said that the easiest way to price your artwork is entirely intuition-based. Golly. <laughs> okay, so this is how it works. Basically, she says, you're just gonna look at your painting and let's use an 18 by 24 inch standard size as an example. And you say a number out loud. I might start at $200. And then you look at the work and you think, does this feel right? All right, so I'm looking at my 18 by 24 inch painting and I'm like $200. Then you go higher or lower based on what your gut is telling you. You're like 350, 800, 455. Yeah, that feels right. <laughs> And I'm not kidding, I used this method for about five years. It's wildly inconsistent and giving an estimate to a, say like a client who wants four paintings but isn't sure about sizes is a nightmare. Okay, like this system preys on your lack of confidence in a way that no other system for pricing your artwork makes. Like say you're having a good day, you're feeling good about your art. You're looking at this 18 by 24 inch painting and you're like, oh yeah. $600, that feels right. And then you have a day where you have zero confidence and you're like beating yourself up in your mind about your artwork and you're like, this is worth $2. <laughs> and you're like, this is worth nothing. I am garbage. Like that's how I would price my artwork for four years at least, maybe longer. It was, it's not good. It's not consistent. You're like, does it feel right? You have no, it's not a real system. It's also based on what you see other people selling their art for, right? So sometimes you're like, your ego gets away with you and you're like, oh yeah, this 18 by 24 inch painting, $2,000. Meanwhile, you've been painting for a year and you're not very good at it. <laughs> and you're like, oh, well maybe, yeah, that's definitely what this is worth. And then someone else looks at your artwork and then you have to drop the price, which is the worst part. If you're ever pricing your artwork, and it's not selling and it's not selling and it's not selling. Lowering the price, putting it on a sale or something is never fun because it's hard to, it's hard to go back up to that OG price. It's, it's hard to present it on sale to someone and then put it back up to its top cost. We don't like that. Does the price feel right? <laughs> As I'm naming this system is a great way to be underpaid. It's a great way to never raise your prices and lose more money each year after year with the rising cost of materials and rents and whatever you need to get your artwork made. But I used it and I used it until my rent from about $340 a month to $550 a month 
And I used it while I was shaving off part-time jobs and when I didn't get to the studio for months at a time and it, it works until it, it really doesn't. Ultimately, this system feels unprofessional because it is. In hindsight, it's actually better to use number two, the materials plus time plus 20% equals your price rule. Are you ready for my actual system? <laughs> this is how I price my artwork currently and I've been using it for three years. This isn't a system I learned from anyone in particular, but one I had to make out of necessity from selling prints on my website. I have made the world's greatest spreadsheet for my prints. <laughs> I love me a spreadsheet. And I showed this once to another artist and she was like, wow, that's a, that's a lot, Stephanie. And I'm like, okay, but like it makes my brain work. <laughs> I went around to websites of other artists I had admired and I looked at their pricing for prints with the same materials that I was using. Then I looked at how the price changed based off of the standard sizes they were using and selling. Um, for example, 8x10, 18x24, 16x20. Some had a really clear pattern and others didn't. I landed on doing this sliding scale and I'm going to tell you all my secrets now, so pay attention. <laughs> I made a category for each item I was selling on my website. The first being matte cliche prints, then tote bags, canvas wrapped prints, and so on. I noted the base price from Printful, which is my third-party printing service, the shipping cost for the item to its farthest distance, the cut that Printful takes with each sizing scale, and I made them into their own columns. Then on the x-axis, I wrote down every variation that there was for the item, every size of print, every depth of canvas, every combination that there was. Then I made another column, and this was the percentage of profit I would get from the retail base. Then I picked a price per square inch. Now this is the key. The price per square inch sets your price for everything. I started it at 50 cents per square inch until the percentage of the profit was over 20%. I landed this on $2 per square inch. This is how I price my prints. Every print is based off the square inch. It's $2 per square inch. Essentially what this does, it covers the cost of the shipping, the cut that the printing company takes, the cost of taxes, the cost of a discount if I ever choose to give a 10% off, and give me a good range of profit. With the sliding scale, the bigger the image, the more money I'm making. For example, when I sell an 8 by 10 inch print, I make a 37% profit. When I sell a 24 by 36 inch print, I'm making an 86% profit. There are miscellaneous costs to making prints, like the obvious ones of getting your photos taken, uh, minor ones like website subscription fees, those all get absorbed into the profit margins of the sales of these prints. I liked this system for selling prints so much that I moved it to my paintings. It gives me the flexibility to have sales and not lose money, which is what I was doing before. Like I would have a 10% off sale and I would just lose money. <laughs> it was so dumb. <laughs> it's not wise. <laughs> For paintings, I have two major categories when I'm creating these sliding scales. I have commissions and then paintings I make just on my own. I start all of my paintings at $150. This is a reliable number that will cover the cost of my materials, excluding gold leaf if a client requires that. I then have a sliding scale for my price per square inch. Because at a certain size, the price for the painting seems like way too much, so I, I change it. And um, here is my system. Right now, I price my paintings at 
$2.35 per square inch if the painting is eight inches or smaller in any direction. I do $1.80 per square inch if the painting is 12 inches or smaller in any directions. And then I do $1.06, sorry, $1.60 per square inch if it's 13 inches or bigger in any direction. This might be confusing, but with this system, a 10 by 10 inch standard painting will cost about $180. An 18 by 24 inch painting will cost $691. And a big painting that is like three by four feet will cost $2,764. If I were to have everything at $2.35 per square inch, the three by four foot painting would be $4,060, which feels way too high for the kind of work I'm making. So I scale down the price per square inch the bigger the painting is. For my commissions, I raise the price a little bit because I'm working with someone else's ideas and a timetable that's, you know, shorter than my normal work. I raise it just by a little bit. It starts the same for a eight inch or smaller painting. That's still $2.35 per square inch. But for a 12 inch painting or smaller, it's $2 per square inch. And for anything bigger than 13 inches in any direction, it's $1.70 per square inch. Again, the comparison is for a commission, a 10 by 10 inch painting will cost $200. But for something I'm making just myself, it would be $180. An 18 by 24 inch commission will be $734 versus if I just make an 18 by 24 inch painting myself, it'll be $691. A commission that is 36 by 48 inches will be $2,937 versus one I make on my own will be $2,764, about a $300 difference. These prices always include my shipping, like as if I have to ship them way across town, if I have to ship them across the state, if I have to ship them across the country. It includes the cost of the work being photographed. It includes my years of experience and includes my materials and it includes the bills to keep the lights on and to pay myself, which is important. <laughs> I love this system. I've used it for two years now and I don't think I'm gonna go back if something unless something else changes. As a rule, I usually raise my prices in January of each year. With this, with this system, with a sliding scale of price per square inch, it's really easy to change the numbers for the different sizes. I just go into my spreadsheet and I say, take the $1.60 per square inch and I make it 165 or 170 or whatever I feel like. This year, I'm actually gonna be consistent with last year. I'm not gonna raise my prices a ton and keep it as is because I, I think this my current price ceiling is working really well for me. Last thing I want to talk about in a little bit more detail is sales. I run a 10% off sale at all times to my email subscribers. Every single one of them has a discount code for 10% off that will never expire. They can get anything off of my website, including paintings for a discount. I often give this discount to my family and my friends, and I definitely give it to people who are repeat collectors. When you're giving a discount, I highly recommend telling them the full cost of the item. So you're like, oh yeah, you want a 18 by 24 inch painting that'll cost you $734. But you've been here before, you've bought paintings from me in the past, I'm gonna give you a 10% discount. 
so you'll get $73.40 off. They feel appreciated when you do this, and it ensures that they come back again. <laughs> I've never really run a sale bigger than this, and I definitely don't do yearly sales. The thing about art is, once you put your art on sale, you make it susceptible to being on sale. You give your collectors the impression that if they wait long enough, they might get it on sale. And I don't want to do that for my art. I want people to be like, oh, that's on her website. And if I don't act now, I'm never going to get this again. It feels less like art and more like a product when you put things on sale. So you need to, you need to consider that when you're pricing artwork. I want people to feel rewarded for buying my artwork and letting me into their emails. I want this discount to feel special and that the collector is in the in crowd of of my artwork and my art business here. Another thing to consider when you're pricing your artwork is if you're showing it in person places. Sometimes I show my artwork at coffee shops or I have an upcoming gallery show that's gonna happen. And occasionally those places will take a commission. Sometimes it's 10%, sometimes it's 20, sometimes it's higher. By having this much wiggle room in the budget for you know that commission cost, I don't have to dramatically raise my prices or lower them based on if there's a commission or not. I can stay consistent, and that's important for my collectors. How do you price your artwork? Do you have a system that I haven't mentioned that's different than, you know, impulsively putting the price out or using the formula of time plus materials plus 20% or doing it in a price per square inch or a sliding scale or whatever? I, I want to hear about it because maybe we can chat about it. It'd be interesting. If you want to find me or the podcast, you can find me at BrushworkPod over on Instagram or at stephaniescott.art on Instagram as well. I hope that this podcast has been helpful and that you've, you've gotten more ideas on how to price your artwork. I have everything that I talked about here written down on my website, so if you want a refresher, you can go visit it there at stephaniescott.art. Otherwise, I hope that this was helpful and um, I'll see you next time. Happy New Year's, everyone, and uh, make good choices. Bye now.